and I forgot to put my mic on. That was the problem. I'll start again. You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoma Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome, Jill, I hope. Yes, I Yay! Hi. <laughs> oh... Anyway, I had, you know, just that classic old person brain fart, which, <laughs> they, they, I mean, they just shouldn't be allowed. I mean, really. Anyway, but I did. No, actually, I have a new word for it coming out of the Olympics, um, which I found very interesting. The um, Biles, what was her, what's her first name? Simone Biles? Yeah, the gymnast, because I used to be a gymnast. And so she stepped back from uh, a lot of her competitions because of what's called the twisties. You know, and of course we all went, what is that? Um, And I actually understand what she is talking about. Um, The twisties are, and why am I not seeing my microphone moving? Oh, that's because it's moving there. Okay. See, I just had another twisty. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's like um, when you're doing things on autopilot and the conscious brain, and to me, this is the mercury brain. The autopilot is just your, you know, that's the who of who you are and it does its thing. And but if you if you stumble, then mercury comes back in and goes, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so on today's show, uh, we are going to talk about minor aspects. Now, up on the website, I did this thing where I found an article, which I hadn't read until about an hour ago, and then I started reading it, and it was on harmonics, because there is a whole different branch of astrology that literally rejigs the chart. I have no idea how they do this, but of course our astrology programs, they can spit out variations on your own natal chart till the cows come home. Anyway, apparently there are things called harmonic charts. That is not what we're talking about today. So I will be changing it and we will make reference to, and Jill will tell us all about the better reference. Yeah, the the one that I well, it's one I have on hand, and it's it's one I've referred to over the years is uh, a book by Rob Robert Hand, yeah. and it's called Horoscope Symbols, and he has a whole section in it called the Aspects Core Meanings, and so he walks yes. you through how to you know look at, and he looks at them as as a series. Yeah, and he uses the word harmonic, so there is another way to... Yeah, and and it is about harmonics. It's not about doing a harmonic chart in the sense that we're talking about, but that's what aspects are. You know, it's it's like when you pluck a string on a guitar and you pluck another string. If they're in in a harmonic relationship that is pleasant, you'll get a nice, lovely... Yeah, chord, Uh, exactly. if If they are not... Dissonant. Then you get a dissonance, right? Yeah. And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking. And he, he uses, the, I think he calls the, the 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 two series the 
the challenging ones because that's the squares oppositions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, because they do tend to challenge us. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are, they're not in a harmonious relationship. They link up signs that are different from one another that are yeah. kind of at odds with one another. So you get yeah. that. And yeah. that's you know, what the harmonics are like. And it's one of the reasons I, I don't use out of sign aspects. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think you do either in your uh, No, system. not in Hellenistic. Yeah. 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 They're called so, aversions. Some, some Western, a lot of Western astrologers do. Like if it's a close aspect, but one is in a sign that is not like if you've got a square, but it's yeah out of sign square yeah a, it's an out of sign meaning that like it's not aries to to capricorn it's it's the end of aries to the beginning of aquarius yes yeah yeah so then you, you you're you're actually connecting two signs that have something in common exactly so it's not going to be the same not carrying the same energy yeah right because we're talking about energies always with astrology that's yeah. what it represents so yeah yeah. That's, you know, my little bit, bit on that. But yeah, yeah, it's a good book. I, I would recommend it for somebody who's looking into, you know, basics of I've, of aspects. Astrology, yep. just learning yep. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's yeah. So the and other thing we can... Basic oh. aspects, you know, yeah. the conjunction and then the, the two series, the squares, oppositions and so on. And then the three series, which is the triangles and sextiles, yeah. which have the harmony. Yes. Uh, but he, he takes each apart because they're not all the same. No, no, they aren't. They have a different yeah. type of energy. So. Yeah. 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 So then he goes on to the ones beyond. Yes, that. which is kind of the road we're going to tread which lightly kind of, down yeah. today. And we'll talk a little bit about those today because yeah. they are interesting. You know? They we are. Don't know. Yeah. Okay, so just a, a little step back into the whole aspect thing, um, and we'll each, you know, do our little spiel about that. So for me, when I look at aspects, it's like the wiring diagram. And with that, within that wiring diagram, I also see sort of the puppet image in the sense that if I pull on this part of my personality, this other part of my personality has to come along, whether it likes it or not. And sometimes they like it, right? Because it's a trine. Or sometimes they're like, what the hell? No, you got, you know. And so that can go down into really subtle levels. Um, and so rather than just, we're not going to talk about the, the, the big ones, right? The major ones. But we're going to look at some of the subtle ones that might help explain, you know, why is this piece getting dragged in with this other piece? And are they happy to do that or not? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and when I look at, like, the, the challenging aspects, like the square, I often think of it as, like, thinking, thinking of the planets as children, right? You've got one okay. child saying, I want your attention, and the other's in this other place, and they're very different needs that yeah. they have. Yeah, yeah. so... It's kind of like, well, I can pay attention to this one or this one, but I can't do them both at the same time because otherwise it's going to, you know, be yeah. really special, right? Yeah. So I think you create stress, right? Yes. Yeah. And the upside of stress or challenges is it encourages our growth. And that doesn't mean oh. we don't get to complain, but it does make us grow. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I have 
I remember seeing, when I was first starting, I remember seeing the chart of somebody who had basically all trines and sextiles in oh, the chart. Oh, yeah. No, 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 none of the challenging aspects. He was very, very creative, artistic, but he didn't have any... Ambition or... Inner drive yeah. to do it. Wife was always trying to push him to do stuff because he, he he just wanted to go with the flow because that's yeah. what those kind of events. So they're lovely energies, but they don't, you know. And yeah. then you don't have squares and oppositions built in when the transits come around and square or oh opposed. yeah, what's going on? How do I deal with that? <laughs> yeah. So yes. so the, the having them within the chart is actually a good thing in that yes. it gives you your strengths and. Yeah. The, ability to deal with that yeah. not always well but you're learning <laughs> yes and that that image that you've just uh, you know conjured up reminds me of occasionally you will get a chart that is all jammed up in one area without any oppositions yeah right and these folks get so tunnel visioned um, and you meet them and you're like oh <laughs> and yeah. and so without either of the square or the opposition, um, they have no perspective on who they are and how they operate, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. We, we need and some of these. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of the things we're looking at with aspects is they create patterns. Well, that too, yes. You know, yeah. So, so and, and they're not always classical patterns, but yeah. you at a chart and you'll see you know you'll see that everything's all jammed up in one corner and there's nothing in the rest of the chart it's like well that tells you that there's a, a really strong focus in one area yes yeah. you don't have to know astrology to see that in, yes you know, yeah you just imagine and well that makes sense it's like a magnifying glass one piece of it yeah. is, is isolated and the rest is like yeah we can throw that away <laughs> No, yeah. you can't. <laughs> yeah, and, and we all contain all the pieces, but the energy is focused where the yeah. planets are or yeah. how they're relating. So, yeah. 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 Okay, oh, so I do have images for us to follow. And uh, so I'm just going to put this up for those who are actually following along for you to go to my website which is up here uh, cardinalastrology.ca and if you go to episode 95 which is where we're at um, then you too can follow along with the images so the first one I put up is the sextile and or the semi-sextile which is you know literally there's 12 of them all the way around the chart um, because there, that's the degree difference between each sign. And so if you have a planet sitting next to, like in other words, let's say you've got planet in Aries and a planet in Pisces, um, and they're at the same degree, they will form this semi-sextile. But the trouble is, is this, these are elemental for sure, differences and so I kind of show the the pairings that are possible um, water fire earth yeah water and fire there that's like mm, fire and earth yeah not so much and then if earth is you know one of them then fire earth no earth air yeah no and so these combinations they could be wired though 
right? You could be dragging some part of your personality along for a ride when one of the planets is being triggered and the other one is like, yeah, this is not working well. Comments. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I was, you know, you just have to think about how these elements do combine. You know, water will switch the fire. Fire will boil the water. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fire fire will scorch the earth or the earth mother the fire. Exactly. So you can, yeah. So you have to think in terms of, you know, how would these these elements work together? Not well. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think, too, when you get families where you get somebody who's got you know tons of fire and everybody else's earth and water it's like yeah they're they're not going to be understood you know and and the tendency will be to want to douse or squelch the fire yeah because the people around them don't get it exactly exactly so what we're also saying here is that these kind of minor aspects sometimes it'll be difficult to actually articulate them within the person but they will help you to understand how different people do or do not understand each other. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. And, and they, they aren't, they are minor aspects, but the other thing that to keep in mind is if you have a chart with not a lot of aspects in it, yes. Then the minor aspects may be more noticeable. Exactly, exactly. That can be helpful if you're looking at a chart and they have no major aspects. And, you know, yep. because some charts I look at and I'm like, hmm, it's harder to read. They are, they are. Squares and grand trines and whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, hmm. Um, what am I going to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so th- then you can look at some of the minor ones and go, okay, there's, like if you've got a sun and moon, sun's in a fire sign and the moon's in an earth sign, hmm, there's yeah. going to be some issues there that yeah. are going to be harder for the person to grasp because it's not a square. It's not one of those big ones that says, yeah. you've got a conflict here. Yeah. It's, they're just not getting each other. Yes. Yeah. And so... Yeah. The- and again, it's like one, it, you, you have to pick one over the other, right? Am I going to express this part of myself? If I do, then that part's not going to get expressed so well because you can't do both at the same time. <laughs> or can you? Or can you? Well, you that probably would... can, and that's the tricky part, but it yeah. doesn't the energy. It would take a conscious that. effort, in other words. Yeah, and yeah. that can be the key in understanding your own chart in terms of how to make it work. I was I was on a Zoom thing last night and, um, you know, bemoaning <laughs> my own chart. Um, and one of the participants said, well, wait a minute, you know, the chart and the energies are what we're working with, but we have choice. We still have choice. And so to recognize that you, you've got, let's say, one of these combinations that a semi-sextile points to, that you have a choice to go, I could do one or the other, or I could find a way to respect both pieces without doing the damage yeah. that you just iterated, right? 
you know. So, and I had to concede to these folks <laughs> in this group that, oh, okay, fine, I can work with my Mars. And I actually, I've had to, right? I've had to work with that particular energy in my yeah. chart. Yeah, even though it's debilitated beyond belief, you know, it's like, well, sucks to be you, but yeah, you're going to have to figure it out. But it takes, it takes Conscious. more awareness. Exactly, and, and exactly. Willingness to go there because yeah. it's not going to be obvious enough to no. kind of force you to go. One of the things that Rob Hans says about these two is that uh, the semi-sextiles and quincunxes, which yeah. we'll talk about in a second, combine the passive nature of the three series and ah. the tension and sense of unease typically associated with the squares. Right. It might be said that they represent connections between entities that have no logical connection. Right. And there does not seem to be enough energy to change that relationship. So right. you have to bring that energy to it. Exactly. It's, it's not built in. In the, in the aspect itself, yeah. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah, I think that's that's sums it up pretty nicely. It does. About it, um, uh, even more clear, pointing to the doubt that the eighth and sixth houses derive their meanings from the quincunxes they form with the first house. Yes, exactly, and that's that's from the Hellenistic era, and so for yeah. them, they were using optical theory that they understood back two thousand years ago, which was. Um, they were literally thinking there were uh, lines of energy going back and forth. And so the inconjunct and the semi-sextile, from their point of view, could not be seen. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so they were called aversions. Okay, so let's move on to that other awkward one, which is part of actually the same series. And it can, in some books, be called the quincunx. Um, it's easier just to say in conjunct as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and so um, I've often thought of the in conjunct as the da factor. And, uh, you know, um, and it's especially relevant between charts. If, you, if you've got a personality conflict, um, I, that's, this is the first thing that I look for. Is there going to be a natural understanding? And if we've got inconjuncts between the charts, then no. It's like, what? I don't get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, the other thing he says is they, they, they represent tensions and difficulties that are annoying, but usually too trivial and too thoroughly bound up in the fabric of everyday life to be worth changing. So it's, it's kind of like they're there, but it's like, yeah, it's just an irritation. And I, yeah. yeah, the only problem with that particular description would be if, let's say, you've got uh, sun in Scorpio and, uh, you know, like moon in Gemini. I mean, yeah. that, actually, you're not going to be able to ignore that. <laughs> You know, you're going to have to bring some energy to it. Have to bring the energy to it. Yeah. You know, and be aware enough to to realize that that minor annoyance will develop into something more. Yes. <laughs> because it isn't going to resolve itself, and it and the the quincunx is in particularly in particular because of that. Yeah. It's kind of like having something irritating and not tending to it in your body. Oh, yes, it could have. Phys I never thought of that. But yes, it would have a physical. It will, 
develop into illness and they tend to be the aspects you know the aspects ah. of the, yeah i want. have i know one chart in particular that this jumps out at and you know the person has a leo rising um and a moon in capricorn you know it's just ah yeah right. yeah and again that brings in the house position that that relationship yes sixth house of health yeah and house of death it's like they're not as minor as they seem no no <laughs> as you know like i say if you, you know a lot of people ignore you know minor things that are irritating in their body but their body's really trying to talk to them it's you yeah. know, that work right and so you know it's trying to get a message through and they're just kind of going yeah 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 whatever you know yeah, just, yeah. I'll, I'll and eventually something. that catches up i'll take something for it instead of looking at what's really going on yes yeah yeah so, and so that's yeah it, uh, they're they're not unimportant in other words so i i do find i use the the in conjunct in my charts generally yes um, i do too I, yeah 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 um, even though hellenistic they don't i mean per se but um you know they jump off the page and they and, are easy to I spot know from living them that they're important <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly so the the diagram um so the easy way to visualize the inconjunct is you look at the planet you look straight across the chart to its opposite sign and then you look to see if there are any planets in the signs beside that and yeah yeah yeah. exactly and so they're visually they're easy to spot yeah and 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 it sort of fits with the description of yeah it, because it's like when somebody's sitting right across from you you can look straight at them you see them they're right there yep but if they're just off to the side it's, you've got to do a, an adjustment exactly <laughs> and purposeful not, and, and, and not turning your whole body and really facing it Instead, turning your head and, and looking this way. Yeah. You do yeah. that long enough, you can get pain in the neck. Right? <laughs> so, is that why Gemini's drive me nuts? No, no. <laughs> oh, so you know, it's, it's it's seen as a you know an aspect of a adjustment because yes. you, you have to adjust yourself to actually see it. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, And then you go, and it doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. again, the elemental thing. You know, so for instance, in the example for me of Gemini's, Gemini's, I, I have two really close friends who are Gemini, but mm -hmm. there's an aspect of their character that I have to be, like we were saying, I have to actually be conscious of it um, yeah. because my Scorpio nature wants to go deep and dark and dirty and the Gemini is flitting along, dashing over the tops. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah it, it's, it certainly is something to look at, not just within your own chart, but in relationships. Yes, right? yeah. It can be very important. Yes. You know, you ignore it at your peril. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, yeah. now the next series um, <coughs> that we're going to talk about has to do with, okay, so which harmonic is the square? So the square is part of the two series. Okay? The two series, yeah. The, the circle by two, four, six, eight, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. the bigger pieces are, you know, easy to spot. Um, and 
the one place where this particular, so we're talking the semi-square, which is half of a square or a quarter of an opposition, um, what that actually is, is a midpoint between two squared planets, um, if the degrees are all wonderful. And that's something we haven't mentioned that we should just pause and talk about. So with minor aspects, uh, typically the orbs are quite tight. Agreed? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, I tend to use fairly tight orbs <coughs> generally compared to some astrologers. Yeah. I don't go with like, oh, 10 degrees is good enough because that's... That pulls in way too much and it... Yeah. Way too much. And especially if you want to then look at the minor aspects because then you can get overlaps with some of the minor ones. Exactly. Exactly. Mudding things up. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so I and I agree too. I maximum three, uh, usually with things like the forty fives or the semi sextiles, it would be like one, maybe one and a half. Because and and that's again visually, the semi sextile is easy to spot just because of the degree nature. The forty five, not so much. This one is like way more about math. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's it's you know not that hard to find especially since we have talked about midpoints before yes exactly exactly so it's, it's so it so with the midpoint piece that adds a different kind of connotation when i started thinking about this so i'll be curious to hear when you say what robert hand has to say about this because um it is a point of uniting two challenged pairs like if you've got uh you know two planets that are squaring each other and making a 45 to a third that does imply that you know with the three pieces together maybe they can find a way to work but i'm not yeah. sure if that's what robert hand thinks yeah and i think that's one of the things you can look at is again you're getting patterns right yes yeah you're getting a pattern of, of linking not just the square, but the point in between. And you get a little sort of triangular thing by looking at it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he says they are not weak aspects. Yeah. An exact semi-square is a sesquiquadrate. That's what the, uh, yeah, the 100, next, yeah. 135 degree angle is called. Um, where was it? Mm, there we are. <laughs> it's okay. Um, are more important is is more important than a square that is several degrees out, and many astrologers who have ignored them, these so-called minor aspects, have missed out on important information. Yeah, they were. Yeah, he goes into the history a bit. But um, yeah, he's he's pointing out just how important they are because they are they because they do carry that energy of of the square right and tying it yeah. together yeah series, right that yeah. tension that so they they do have energy in them yeah Unlike, and I, w I would think that it amplifies the energy of the square which may help to bring the attention to the fact that <clears throat> these two aspects of personality actually have to find a way to be together yeah he says yeah. uh he says they share all the characteristics of the two series aspects <coughs> in that they represent a dynamic linking between two or more energies that results in instability and change. Yeah. 
studies of the way cycles of transiting <coughs> planets affect people's lives have found that these two aspects represent times of crisis similar to the square but usually not as intense like the square there are challenges to um, some kind of statement made or position taken by the individual and there are resistances involved ah okay <laughs> yeah so they're like squares, but they don't have as much as energy, right? Yeah, yeah. But definitely can be important to consider. Oh um, yeah, definitely. I definitely um, see them in the chart. <laughs> and um, although, okay, so with the the uh, ancient version, uh, of course, they don't look at these. Um, and so you know, unless you actually add that to your aspect list. Um, they're not as visually obvious um right. yeah uh but uh i know in my own chart i only have one and it takes and it's not really a tight one so uh, by some people's standards it wouldn't even count and that's between my mars and my sun uh, otherwise my mars has no aspect um, yes and, and so I that is sometimes why you know if you see a planet in a chart and nobody seems to be making contact to it, then uh, adding in these minor ones can be the glue to help you to understand, okay, where is this tied in? Yeah, and, if, and, and the other thing with otherwise unaspected planets is, that I've found too is that they kind of, they're not tied into the other planets, right? It's like they're yeah. not rope in so they have free reign in a way they can run wild <laughs> oh well that that would describe my mars pretty well yeah when right? it decides so, to assert so, itself it goes a bit bananas yeah so they you know they can i guess they can be problematic from that perspective oh but, yeah <laughs> um, but if it was yeah. a venus if it was a venus what a nice problem <laughs> damn why did it have to be mars yeah, but you know, in, in a chart like mine, I I have so many major aspects that are fairly close. Yes, you do. But minor ones are less uh, obvious. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's true. Yeah. In what in how you're describing, if you've got a personality where, you know, it's chalk with really strong uh, the major five aspects and, you know, there's some poor planet off on left field with some, you know, little minor aspect. Yeah. Until a transit comes along and triggers it or it shows up in a solar return or something. Yeah. You're not going to really pay much attention to it. And the other thing with the unaspected planet would be to look at uh, midpoint configuration. Yes, yeah, because important. that usually does. Because event. again, that is a connection. That yeah. is a way of connecting. So <coughs> in that same series, we have the sesquisquare or sexweeks. Anyway, it's this really long, ugly word that if you have to try to spell it, you'll get it wrong for sure. It's 135. And... To be able to spot these ones, uh, the graphic that I created was an attempt at sort of giving you some measuring sticks to see where it might occur. So like an inconjunct, it has to do with something way across on the other side of the chart. Um, and it could easily be confused with the trine because uh, it could easily fall in a trine arena, but it isn't. 
and it carries yeah. yeah it carries the seeds of the of the hard aspects and that's where a problem can arise if you're using really wide orbs, orbs yeah of for for your aspects if you you know if you give uh, the triangle like, you know 15 degrees then it's running into the yeah the sesquiquadrate and the sesquiquadrate has a very different energy so oh totally yes you, know, you really do want to dis- distinguish between those yeah. because are important distinctions yes exactly and so you know recommended that if you're wondering that you know you actually do the calculations to make sure that it is going to fall within probably three degree orb of the 135 in order to consider it yeah yeah and so again it's 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 problematic (laughs) is what's going to be the long and short of it yeah and you and it might help you to understand why you have some issue (laughs) yeah that it that in theory if you just glanced at it and thought oh well that's in the same element so you know it's not shouldn't be a problem and yet why am i having a problem well it could be this particular aspect where that energy is actually being brought in yeah 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 all righty now in the next series the next series is kind of like really out there and uh, you aren't going to see this series unless uh, you actually ask your astrology program to uh, pick them out for you. Because um, I don't know anybody that um, can <laughs> could visualize these ones, the quintiles. Um, but they're very, they have a very interesting history. Yeah, or not history, but yeah, energetic. What, yeah. Is, what does he say about these? He talks about them, and it's uh, he. Yeah, he talks about the the series that go beyond the four, and um, and of course the five series. You know, he says they're not as well known, and I mean, this was book was written quite a few years ago. Yeah, it was, uh, and it's so been I'm, reissued. A more, yeah, a lot more research and stuff on them in in the meantime. So he said they're not. There's not all that much agreement necessarily on mm-hmm. the meaning of them and the effect, but. To him, he says, um, all these all these aspects seem to have a quality that we usually associate with Pluto with overtones of Venus and Mars. They seem to link planets oh. in such a way, and he's not saying they, because he's not saying they're like planets, because they're not, but yeah. the energy that those represent. Right, okay. They seem okay. to link planets in such a way that some kind of concrete creation or oh. destruction is brought about. The number five has a connection with life, death, and mortality. The pentagram is the figure of humankind. Um, he says John Addy, one of the heading leading researchers, researchers in the field of non-traditional aspects, believes that the five series has to do with the intellectual function because he sees that as being particular to humans. But ah. uh, and tends to think that it's it's um, more than intellect that you know yeah. there's an emo- there's the emotional piece to it that um, but you know something else that the nature you know in the nature that's harder to pin down they have transformed their environment and the earth this is what humans have done right we've transformed everything like yes exactly Plutonian piece of it so not yeah. always good not always helpful ways so yeah they're not, yeah so there's that 
yeah, it can be good, can be not so great, because we're going to create or destroy something. And ideally, we're working with, uh, you know, earth magic and creating yes. something yeah. something that's going to damage and destroy. Right? But that's that's how he sees this. Um, yeah. yeah. And so over the years, it has been associated with artistic talent, um, especially the 72. I don't know so much about the biquintile, which is the 144, uh, but 72, definitely. And um, so in my little graphic that, you know, I sort of show how, uh, you know, the three pieces would fit together, the 144, 144, and then if you add 72, you get the 360. Um, and the reason why I've added to it of the nature of Venus is because, and in the image that I have just below that one, I do have the pentagram. And what's so intriguing is probably, well, and it would have been done since Robert Hand wrote that book, is there's a Canadian astrologer who has devoted his entire astrological life to the study of the cycles of Venus. And the Venus retrograde cycle exactly produces every eight years yes. one point on the pentagram. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, where, where he mentions the, the energy of Venus, Mars, and Pluto. Yeah. I think that is the Venusian, the creative, the, the earthy. Yeah. But are you creating or, or is what you're creating going to be destructive? Yeah. Having, adding yeah, in that Pluto. <laughs> Not just Venus, there's the opposite energy of Mars, right? So yeah. there is the, the energy, the drive, the... Yes, yeah. And, and I think, you know, symbolically, the pentagram hasn't necessarily been a Venusian light and sunshine and romance and happiness. No, the pentagram has been one of those symbols in, in human history that carries a little doo-doo-doo-doo to it as well, you know, it's not... Well, yeah, in its yeah. positive sense, like this, it's, it's, it represents humankind at, at its positive, creative, right? right? If you point it the other way with the arrow, you know, down. point yes. down, yeah. that's, that's basically like a satanic version of it. So exactly, it exactly. Inverts, it inverts the positive, creative part of it yeah. to... So there, there's got to be something about that 72 that energetically has, yeah, an interesting. Yeah. So this reminds me now of what it was that I was thinking that we could talk about next week, although we're ah. not there yet. And that is that whole Venus cycle. So that's a possibility um, because we haven't dove deeply into that. Um, I and, I, and I haven't either, and I wouldn't mind. No, I haven't either. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I remember seeing the, the um, uh, video at, at one of the conferences decades ago. Yes. Where they showed how the pattern formed over... Oh, know, exactly. If you trace the orbit of Venus, it literally... These pentagrams and they're sort of interweaving at intervals that create this m magnificent image right exactly exactly yeah, yeah so it's very balanced it is very you know venusian exactly exactly yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me a bit of the sort of the flower of life kind of exactly yes very similar to that image mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, to. you know, and you know, again, that's nature being showing us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we hope, <laughs> and we hope we can understand it. Okay. Well, exactly. Yeah, and so you know, again, you want to focus on love. Love is Venusian energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, he's talking about Pluto, Plutonian like energy, and that's that is creative or destructive, but it's powerful. You yes. Know, so yeah. Power into this Venusian. You you want the power of love, not the opposite. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's you know that's where our spirit you know needs to be and where we need to focus to make things good yes yeah yeah because otherwise we can be destructive which is not so cool not so cool okay so in terms of graphics that's the final one that i have but there are other and i'm seeing we've got we have time so with robert hand's happy book there (laughs) what's the next in the series he talks about the seven series. Okay. Uh, but it, dividing the circle by seven does never does not give you um, whole numbers. Right. And but we no. do acknowledge those aspects, and they are. But you can do, and but you know, again, it's it's not something you're going to see easily. Yeah. No. You would actually have to, and you know, so a person could do this with their own chart. Um, you know, you go and you you deselect all of the big main aspects, and you only select all these other weird and wonderful and I'm just thinking I will pull up the weird and wonderful list so that uh, he says he says the seven uh, series aspects are difficult to formulate in rigorous and clear terms part of the reason is that they have a Uranus Neptune flavor (laughs) ah yes suggests that they have to do with energy linkings that are not entirely of this world for example these aspects are prominent in the chart of uh, madame blavatsky the founder of okay they're also prominent in the charts of poets if the five if five series gives the ability to turn creative inspiration into concrete end products the seven series gives the creative inspiration itself it is as if these aspects Aspects enable one to peer outside the everyday universe into one of expanded possibilities and truths. Oh, and so what degree are those? What he says there are dangers here also. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen the seven series indicate mental and emotional difficulties as well as creative inspiration. Okay, so what what literal degrees are the seven series? Okay, the degrees are. The uh, septile itself is uh, 51 degrees, 25 minutes. Yeah, and then the biceptal and the triceptal. So the biceptal is 102, 51, 25, and the triceptile is 154. So you can see, like, the inconjunct is 150. So if you, you'd have to be, like, almost yeah. less than a degree orb in order to, to actually... Absolutely. And, yeah. And it would lost in in other aspects yeah so what are the um decil and the sesqui that's a 36 degree so what is that series 10 must be 10 into 30 360 would be 30 after the seven he talks about the nine series which is (coughs) the Um, noviles 
aspects based on multiples of 40. So that's easier to spot. Right, the noviles, yeah. The novile, right, or non-aisle. Oh, non-aisle, okay, yep. Let's get uh, it's rarely been used in the West, but it is important in India. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Of the, um, in Hindu astrology, it, it is said to describe what the life produces in the long run, and oh. also the individual's needs and capacities in relationships, especially marriage. As a describer of the end products of life, the nine series seems related to the traditional meaning of the number nine as completion and ending. Oh, so the, hmm. yeah, the second use for marriage has been corroborated in Western sidereal astrology, which uses the, the nine series. <laughs> uh, the Novians, a type of chart based on the nine series. Okay, so you can, Oh, again, so they're doing a separate chart. Art, yeah, right. To describe sexual attractions. So okay. you know, again, it's, it, uh, again, it can be an interesting thing to explore. But yes, you know, it is. We tend to look at things going up to nine because once you get to ten, you're starting over again in terms yeah. of. Yeah, although overall. there there is a, a series in Solar Fire that you could actually look at. Um, it's called a unidecile, which is 32 degrees, 43 minutes, and 37 seconds. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, uh, I think they become so obscure as to be... Oh, yeah, to be... Yeah. yeah. You, can, you know, it's kind of like the charts I see where people put every asteroid and every yeah. Um, yeah. galactic body on the chart. It's like, you can't decipher anything from that. I no, you can't. You can't. It's, it's interesting to put one or two of the asteroids or, you know, Kuiper Belt objects or whatever into a chart, uh, you know, and there's some that seem to have, you know, some astrologers will talk about quite a bit. Um, yeah, well, and, and obviously some of these extra bodies do because most of us, uh, well, not most of us, but a lot of astrologers will have a prominent Chiron, um, yeah. you know, which sort of seeks, uh, you know, it creates this seeking quality, um, yeah, you know, also, uh, wounded healer as, or yeah. teacher, because that's that that's the other symbolism <laughs> that goes healing, healing as yeah. well. You know, it tends yeah. to be the wound theory and all that stuff. The other one I've heard mentioned by one astrologer quite a bit, because right now it's squaring Pluto, Ooh. and that is that is Eris. Yes, Eris is part of that same Kuiper belt, yeah. you know, and, spit out of there. Yeah. We've been talking about it quite a bit because, you know, we talk about the Saturn-Uranus square right now. Right. At the same time, time. we have a similar ener type of energy going on between this Eris and Pluto. And ah, Pluto. So that, that's starting to sound like another um, episode. So, <laughs> I haven't, you know, I haven't looked into it, but you can, you know, with the astrology programs, they do have that in the list of objects. Yes, that you can. So, you know, I would, I would do that just to plug in one of them to see how that affects yeah. it, rather than trying to throw them all in there, because yeah. that just, yeah. And, and I don't do it all the time, because yeah. yeah, I I tend to stick with the traditional planets, and, yes, uh, with the tradition of the modern ones. But yeah, you can just get to like which one are you going to choose, right? Yeah, well, and there's rabbit holes, right? And occasionally, you know, um, like anyone in any particular field, 
um, something will catch your interest and down the rabbit hole you'll go. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're going to use it on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. occasionally. So, so anyway, that was, uh, and give, given that it is, you know, it's coming up for its next exact square apparently. So oh, that's yeah. in the mix of what's going on, on right, right now. now. Yeah. Unless, unless you're aware of that being a minor yeah. object that yeah. has quite an impact, can have quite an impact. And it's when it, it's so far out there that it moves. But it it's it's of the era or like okay, so Pluto was part of the Kuiper Belt, and Eris is part, you know, was part as well. And Eris is actually bigger physically than Pluto, yeah. right? So in theory, it could be quite significant. Uh -huh. um, and I'm thinking that, you know, one of us should pick, one of us should do the Venus thing. And the other one could do the Eris thing. Which do you want to do, my dear? Oh, I'll pick Eris. All righty. <laughs> okay, and I'll do the Venus. And so, I mean, we've got you time. you've that a bit already. I have, I have. And um, so with the Venus one, and yeah, I should be able to do that for next week. At least take a stab, at a start at it. So yeah. the pattern is formed because of the retrograde feature yes, that yeah, Venus exactly. does. And, and, and Venus is interesting too because it retrogrades less than the other planets do. Uh, well, it's less than, than Mercury, less. but more often than, or is it more often than Mars? No, I don't think it is. I think it, it is. Oh, okay, okay. I'll, yeah, so I'll look into the, the actual astronomy I, I of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know that in charts, um, back in the day when I was reading all the time, that, you know, if you, if you had a client walk in with a Venus retrograde, that was a challenging chart. Um, yeah. Because it does speak to, you know, back then, one of the primary reasons why people would come to an astrologer um, is usually it had to do about their relationship scenarios, Absolutely. right? You know, and... Or money. Or money, Yeah. Yeah. Well, these are two biggies, yeah. you know, and both things related in different ways. Right? Exa exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so, so, you know, you'd be, you'd have this Venus retrograde and you'd be like, okay, so none of the typical rules apply for you. And they'd be like, oh, really? And you'd be like, yeah, no. Hmm. You know, so helping them to chart a course with a Venus retrograde. Oh. I know for myself personally, I wasn't always happy with my interpretation of that. And yeah. so to do some more studying in that uh, for me, yeah. for myself would be, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think seeing it in action and, and yeah. you know, what happens, you know, I don't know when the next Venus retrograde is, but it was know, last. The last one was last summer. At, so looking at the last. Oh, it's this. Um, it goes retrograde in Capricorn. Okay. Yeah, in so, December, like at the end of could, December. You, know, you could you could look at the last couple of them and see kind yeah. of what that's felt like or what what it's been doing. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and, and I'll just pull up some charts of famous people that have that, that have got some relationship history on Wikipedia and yeah, yeah, see what people, I know personally, um, I have a friend that had Venus retrograde in Scorpio 
and he did not yeah he was not a happy camper with relationships until whew, only like 10 15 years ago and he's my age so um i think a lot of them stay single for a long time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well and, and probably would pertain to because it's you know where it was when you were born yeah probably pertain to what the relationship scenario was like in the family yeah you perceived that your parents relationship to be and that yeah. kind of yeah. and I and I think what if I can remember briefly from the fellow that has just made his life about the study of that cycle yeah. is that the every eight year thing relates yeah. to them like they will have relationship scenarios that co correspond with the series that Venus is in yeah yeah. in that uh, eight-year cycle yeah 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 no I think I think no matter what you're looking at in astrology there's always more perspectives you can get on things yeah you know I mean, yeah yes we know what Venus means you know in terms of yes we can define it as this that and the other thing but it each chart is different yes yeah and and so and and, and again because Venus doesn't retrograde all the time. Um, you know, those folks, you know, they're, they're sort of outside of the typical Venus read, as it were. Yeah. 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 Well, and to some degree, that's true with Mars and Mercury, because mm -hmm. they are inner planets that relate more to our everyday Personal. experience, yep. right? So you know, the retrogrades there are, are significant, certainly more significant than the, the planets beyond Mars. Yes, because yeah, because they're, they're generational. They stay a lot. They yeah. stay. And, yeah. for, and the outer planets for long periods, you know. Yeah, yeah. Half the year almost, so, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how relevant is that going to be? Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's conjunct a personal planet or something, probably not all that relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's true. You know, if we're going to look at Eris, its cycle is so long. That yeah, I it does have a huge orbit, if I can remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I'm, it's, I'm even thinking it's longer than, but maybe not longer than Pluto. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's it, it's been in Aries for a really long time. Yeah. For all, for all, anybody we know, anybody. Yes. Yeah, we've all got that same position. So, you know, again, it's the, near the end of Cap near the end of a sign. Pluto's nearing the end of Capricorn. Eris mm. is it's about to change signs too. So that could be pretty significant. Yeah, right. well, I think going I think into Taurus, hmm. that they're doing this square right now is probably you know a part of the picture that is hidden from us because you know when we talk about Pluto it's out there it's hidden it's <laughs> that's part of Pluto's thing he's underground right exactly 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 we're likely to miss that part of it and just focus on the Saturn Uranus thing so interesting yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> folks I think uh I think we have yeah run to the end of our shtick which is okay yeah. and um yeah so, Jill, uh, we will. I will bid you adieu until next yes. week, and we'll talk about Venus. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, so if you could shoot me some charts of Venus retrograde people that you think might be interesting. Uh, okay. to, yeah, to use as examples, that would be wonderful. And you, the audience, in the meantime, just a reminder that you are listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. Bye-bye, Jill. And, uh, yes, we will uh, talk to you uh, next week. Take care, all.